I will say that I keep referring to Pat Nixon as Cynthia Nixon and only realized <laughs> when I was having breakfast this morning that Cynthia Nixon is from Sex and the City <laughs> and not a first woman. I'm Annie Fox. And I'm Laurel Pinson. And this is Workwives, conversations at your desk with the woman who knows you best. Okay, I've got a question for you, okay. Laurel Pinson. What would your Secret Service codename be? Ooh. Ooh. I know. It's a great there's question. There's got to be some kind of like there's got to be some kind of app for this that exists already. You know like it's your first We need to be asking this question in job interviews. That's for sure true. Yeah. This is a new job question interview for sure. I would like to think that it would be something real badass like mm. Falcon 1, oh, you I know, can like see you something that would be one. in like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. Yeah. But I also think it'd be really funny to have something like Fudgy the Whale and just be named for like a Carvel ice cream cake? Or, you know, like Fudgy the Whale. Like Dippin' Dots or I don't know why I keep coming up with candy, but just something that's like squidgy. No, Fudgy the, I mean you're Fudgy the Whale. Fudgy the Whale. Great. Who's got eyes on Fudgy the Whale? Who's got eyes on Fudgy? (laughs) All eyes on Fudgy. What about you? I mean, I would love it if they could just, like, if my codename could be a curse word. Oh, that'd be good. Like if you could just call me cunt. (laughs) I would a. I would love it. Do you get to pick? Do you get to pick in the secret? Like, I don't know. Because that's I, a good question. If if you could fish your wish, I would just be like, sorry guys, it's cunt. I actually watched this hilarious cracked video that was called five first ladies more badass than their husbands oh and my they gosh, gave so them good. all these like funny superhero names where they were like and one of them of course was edith wilson but yeah. they were like edith wilson was like the sarah connor of first ladies <gasps> um yes and i was like sold eleanor Absolutely. roosevelt was the schwarzenegger of first oh, ladies really although he stressed that she was probably tougher than schwarzenegger <laughs> you know it's funny because i feel like there's something about them to me that feels mm, aside from michelle I just don't feel like I've had I related to any of them, and maybe mm. that's by design. I mean, certainly I feel that way about the royal family, and that was part of the appeal with like growing up with a princess Diana is that they sort of felt like they were out of reach or they were somehow elevated from the rest of us. Maybe if I'd been alive during um, was it Edith Wilson? Edith Wilson when she had sheep grazing on the front lawn, <laughs> I would have been like, I relate to that woman. She is fucking excellent. That's tight. What are conventions that the first lady is supposed to do that y- you would just blow up? What should we blow up that the first lady has to do? You or know, the first man, or if the first, he assumes yeah. that mantle. I I don't know that I'm super aware of very specific tasks, other than the thing that I always seem to say, which is obviously a trope, picking China. And uh, I feel yeah. like there's like a lot of home decorating somehow associated with the job. I don't which know just seems true. weird. But, but if it, it, is, it is true. Yeah. I feel like that seems like a thing you could very easily outsource. The impression that they're supposed to give is still that they're the ones keeping up the home. That's the true. The sort of hominess of the White yeah. House, that they're the heart of the White House. That sort of the president is the brain, but they're the heart. I feel like there's a lot of so- like, like planning social events mm-hmm. that I would – I mean, first of all, social events – nightmare if i if the if i could somehow transform the white house into many rooms that only fit two or three people and there's like an xbox and doritos and wine in each one that would be my social planning for the white house so better question better question 
you're the first lady. Yep. Nash is president. <laughs> I mean, we both know that would happen around the other way, but sure. What would you do? Um, Nash's first order of business is to present me very much as an equal to the president. <laughs> Um, with as many of the same executive powers as possible. <laughs> it's a little intense. You weren't elected, but that's fine. And then I would try and do things, particularly around literacy. I think that would probably be my... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can have it, if you can call it a thing, but that's I think that would be my thing. Um, how about you? What would be your thing? What would be my thing? Ladies and gentlemen, First Lady Laurel. First Lady Christine Laurel. Christine Pinson. Pinson. It sounds good. Yeah, it really does. I think Joel would make a great politician. Oh. I keep saying it. He's such a like handshaker. He really an extrovert. is. And he remembers a name. Oh yeah. I think hmm mine would probably be women's health oh, issues. Great. Show me I'd a wave. Be, I'd be a vagina evangelist. Oh, you are a vagangelist. Yeah. Show me your first lady wave. I know people at home can't see it, but I want to oh, see it. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'd like, <laughs> be like is, hey, guys. Be so hey everybody. Hey guys. Oh, I see you over there. I'm Hi. The hanging out of the car like waving <laughs> frantically like, "Hey guys." I just feel like during any speech I would give, it would just be like, beep, and then we just beep, and then beep. My problem would be in not anxious laughing. Oh, yeah. Like in serious moments, I'm a real anxious laugher. Like in church, it was a real problem that I had, (laughs) where I would just like it'd be the most serious, quiet moment, and I'd be like, like, I don't know why. It's just just a reaction I have, so I think that would be fucked. Like I'd have to channel my deepest improv skills i'd have to be like methodist oh my gosh there would be so much improv at the white house if you were first lady so many theater games so many icebreakers before every press conference okay guys everyone in the press corps if we could just stand up we're going to do two minutes of vocal state dinners would all open with zip zap zop let's just play i think that the first lady is a sort of cultish thing Mm. you know there is a sort of cult of personality around the first lady that that you know, maybe doesn't exist in other places, but certainly in America, it is very much a thing because it's a job that you ascend into by virtue of your husband being elected, but that then you're really kind of stuck in for like a long time. But it just got me thinking about first ladies in general. Personally speaking, I think that the first lady as a job is kind of weird. So the good news is we have an expert who's actually written a book on the subject of the first lady and previous first ladies. Her name's Kate Anderson Brower, and she wrote a book called First Women, which is really sort of a history of the position. Um, and I personally was really interested to talk to her considering all the questions that I now realized I had. But also to sort of grill her on who she thought was an interesting person from history, etc. Hello. Hello. Hi, Kate. It's Laurel from Glamour. Oh, hi. How are you? Thanks so much for talking to us today. I'm I'm really excited to talk about first ladies. <laughs> well, thank you. Me too. It's my favorite topic these days. Oh, good. Um, we actually, well, we have a bit of a confession in that um, Annie, uh, my partner in crime here, is actually Australian. So we've spent a bit of time discussing first ladies in general and sort of the cult of the first lady. Um, So for starters, I would love your take on sort of how first ladies became a thing in the U.S.? I mean, the first time we've ever referred to a first lady was actually uh, Harriet Lane, who was the niece of President um, Buchanan, who is the only lifelong bachelor in the White House. So 
she filled in as first lady and so this was the mid 19th century and uh, there were reports calling her first lady of the land in the press and she was young and beautiful mm-hmm. and she hosted parties and then you had you know Mary Todd Lincoln who was sometimes referred to as Mrs. President and she was so important to her husband and his White House that she helped almost like Nancy Reagan decide who was in his cabinet um, and who was surrounding him and so this is something that we you know I'd say mid 19th century was when it became a colloquial word that was used to describe the wife of the president or the hostess in the White House but it really became an incredibly consequential important part of American history when Eleanor Roosevelt Uh, in my opinion, was First Lady, and she was so active as First Lady. She had weekly columns that she wrote. She held press conferences for only female reporters, which is, as a reporter, I love that. I'm sure you guys like that, too. I mean, she would sit, and she did it specifically to help women reporters in the press corps. So I think Eleanor Roosevelt, and then after her, you know, you have Jackie Kennedy. But in between Eleanor and Jackie, you had First Ladies like Beth Truman that weren't that into the job. Um, Mamie Eisenhower loved it. I mean, each first lady really makes it their own. And and I think what's so interesting about it is that we have such high expectations in this country for what this woman should be. So you mentioned that there are a couple of first ladies that weren't that into the job. And Laurel and I, just previously to this call, discussed what what are your options if you sort of wake up as the you know the, the wife of the new president and just decide that you're not really into the gig um how does that affect either you know sort of the goings on at the white house or even just pop culture in general i mean i think we're seeing that right now with yeah. melania you know she's not moving to dc donald trump actually paraphrased what she said but when he told her that he was going to run before he announced she said we have such a great life why do you want to do this she didn't have a press secretary i mean michelle obama had a designated press secretary early on in 2008 you know laura bush had a press secretary i mean these these were women who were part of their husband's team and i think melania's really stepped aside and in a weird way might be modernizing the role because she's saying i don't really want to do this and he's maybe she doesn't have to do it that's definitely something that i was sort of wondering i mean i wonder first if there's precedent for what melania is doing you know if there if there were other first ladies in history who mm-hmm. sort of either took a back seat or stayed home you know for lack of a better word mm-hmm. and also what you think about the sort of future of the first lady after Melania. Like, I mean, I do think that this opens the door for a conversation on whether any first lady should have to drop everything that she's working on and sort of go to her husband's side and give up her career if she has mm-hmm. one and take a place in his coterie. Yeah. Look, Michelle Obama wasn't that thrilled about it either. And, and she had to give up a very high paying job. I mean, she made more money than he did. And she worked every day of her adult life and to ask these women to give up their careers for their husbands in a time when women are you know often sole you know breadwinners in their families and working mothers are kind of the norm nowadays and so i just think it's a really anachronistic old-fashioned job that we do have to rethink and we have had first ladies, though. I mean, back in the 19th century, when life expectancies were really short, we had daughters filling in, like Thomas Jefferson's wife passed away decades before he was sworn in as president, and his daughter filled in as first lady. So I think now we're going to see Ivanka Trump fill some of this void, mm-hmm. um, because I think Americans are hungry for someone who is fashionable and a mother and a a woman Mm -hmm. in this White House, aside from Kellyanne Conway. And I think it's going to be Ivanka. Getting back to being a first lady as a job, what are your sort of core requirements? And then what can you kind of 
massage to make your own? The problem with the job is that there are no core requirements. I mean, uh-huh. you can do as little as you want. There's nothing in the Constitution. There's nothing written down. Ever since um, Lady Bird Johnson had this Highway Beautification Act, and she wanted to get rid of all the billboards on the highways, clean up the roads, the expectation is that a First Lady takes up some kind of issue, right? So we see um, literacy was Laura Bush's, mental health was, was Rosalind Carter's. So that's what they're expected to do. And Melania talked about cyberbullying as one of her campaigns. So that's really what it is. And then being there for state dinners is another big deal. Being there for the Christmas season, tons of parties every night. Um, that whole month of December is so busy at the White House. And then, you know, shaking hands. You know, they have to pose with reporters, members of Congress. I mean, it's a really, like, long night, those parties. And the First Lady is always there. And then, you know, the Easter egg roll, It was funny because Jackie Kennedy didn't like doing some of this stuff. And so, for instance, like when a Girl Scout troop would come to the White House to meet with the First Lady, her staff would ask Lady Bird, um, the wife of the vice president, to fill in. And they loved her so much they called her St. Bird because she would do all this grunt work that Jackie Kennedy didn't want to do. And so... Maybe Mike Pence's wife will do that for Melania, or maybe Ivanka will do that for Melania, but I don't think she's going to be doing all of that. She doesn't seem to want to be doing all of that. It is interesting that, just as you said, it's not so much what the actual requirements are of the job as what the public expectation Mm -hmm. is of the job. I mean, Mm -hmm. I certainly, just from growing up with first ladies, would expect a first lady to do all of those things. And it's funny, as a woman, I probably relate more to... Melania's reaction to yeah. becoming first lady than I would any of the others, though the others are the, probably the ones that I admire most. Right. I mean, usually, I mean, we have had first ladies who have been, like, deathly ill, right? You know, I mean, Woodrow Wilson's wife, before she died, she wasn't doing much. She was sick, and the da- their daughter filled in. So, like, we give them a pass if they're sick. But if How they kind. are... <laughs> You know, like, then they don't have to do the Easter egg roll. But if they're around and they're healthy, like, they're, the expectation is that they should want to do this and they should love every minute of it. And maybe that's not fair. Are there any sort of interesting sort of facts that maybe we wouldn't even think to ask about that you could share just as interesting tidbits or sort of sound bites? So the president always leaves a note for his successor in the drawer um, in the Oval Office. And for First Ladies, what they do is this tour of the White House. And so it's a really private moment between the outgoing First Lady and the incoming First Lady. The uh, First Lady will take the new First Lady into this one particular room on the second floor of the White House and position her so that she can see past the Rose Garden into the Oval Office. And the First Lady will say, this is where you can watch your husband working and sort of not spy on him, but kind of spy on him. And, And so every First Lady has done that. And so you have Barbara Bush showing that to Hillary Clinton, then Hillary Clinton showing that to Laura Bush, and Laura Bush showing that to Michelle Obama. And that's kind of a sweet way of passing on a tradition. And they, there's a lot of camaraderie there. And they, some of the first ladies are really good friends. And I think that Laura Bush and Michelle Obama will, will absolutely stay friends. In fact, Michelle Obama's staff, would, they were required to read Laura Bush's memoir um, in 2010 when it came out because it was it was considered to be such an honest look at what being first lady meant and what it what to expect these are smart women and they want i mean they deserve to have a voice the it's just the question of whether or not the you know how much the public wants to know about it like i think that we understand that they you know influence their husbands but i don't think people want their noses rubbed in it i think they want to feel like this person is not influential because we didn't elect this person. And and I don't know. I mean, 
there's a lot of sexism, I think, left over that we see with the role of first lady. You know, what do you think a more modern version of a first partner would look like? One thing I think that should definitely change is allowing the spouse to have a job that they get paid to do. And the conflicts of interest and all that make it really tricky, but I think that that's the next thing to kind of, if you're a doctor, can you continue being a doctor? I mean, Jill Biden's a teacher, and she's still teaching um, as the second lady. Should, If you're a first lady, should you be able to practice law? I just don't know how that would work because of all those conflicts of interest, you know? So mm-hmm. it just, it gets very murky. Kate, thank yeah. you so much for your time. We had a great chat. I certainly learned a lot, obviously. And the paperback version of your book now is going to be out at the time of this podcast. The book's on Amazon and in bookstores, and I have a website, just katebrower.com, and a Twitter, Kate Brower. Great. Great. Thank you so much again. This was really thank great. Thank you. It was fun chatting with you guys. Laura Christine Pinson, I think you would make a great first lady. I mean, we've established that Joel would make a great president because he, A, remembers people's names. B, he has a firm handshake. Has a firm handshake. C, is an extrovert. Okay, there you go. I think it'd be hard to be an introvert president. And I think we've established that Nash and I both in just would be terrible for the White House. <laughs> well, you're Australian. <laughs> oh, that's true. So I'm, not destined, anyway. I'm not destined for the White House. It'd be tricky anyway. Um, um, but I also just think, I don't think either of us could hack it. <laughs> I'd be after a certain point, I'd be like, I gotta go right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm really tired. I'd like to go to bed. Okay, before we go back to work, if you, because we're work wives... <gasps> If you were elected president, would I would I be allowed to be your first lady? Oh, I wonder if you could do that. That would be very modern. Okay, well then we need to go. We should do that. Although shit. I don't know, I want to be president. <laughs> I mean, you have to be president just so I can ascend to. Okay, first lady. Okay, well I better get to fucking work. You, yeah, you got a lot to do. Workwives is produced by Ben Riskin and Acast. Our associate producer, Katiri Benjamin, keeps the ship afloat. And we have production support from the whole staff at Glamour, including Anna Maysline, Lizzie Logan, and Simone Kitchens. And we're recorded right here at Condé Nast Studio in NYC. 